You're listening to the Power of Journaling podcast. Journaling has been scientifically proven to speed healing, increase productivity, reduce stress, anxiety, and depression, and improve creativity. Thank you for joining journaling.com as we explore all things journaling. Hello, everyone. This is Rebecca Kokenderfer, and this is the Power of Journaling podcast brought to you by journaling.com. Our topic today is how to use journaling to access your heart intelligence. And our special guest is Sheva Carr. Sheva is a director of HeartMath's Heart Mastery Program. She speaks to people all over the world on how to access heart intelligence and peace of mind. And she is the CEO of HeartAmbassadors.com, which is a beautiful heart-based community that builds people's ability to be of service in the world. Sheva, thank you so much for your time today. I know how busy you are. Mm -hmm. It's a privilege to be here with you, Rebecca. Thank you. So many Many of our listeners are probably familiar with HeartMath. I know that I've read their books for years, and I also use their cool little heart rate meditation monitor that hooks into your phone. So tell us, what is your association with HeartMath? Well, I first came to HeartMath because I needed it. I uh, lived in a war zone when I was a teenager, working as an aid worker to street children orphaned by Nicaragua's civil war. And I had undiagnosed post-traumatic stress for about eight years. And so um, when I was in a graduate school class in medical school, a gentleman sat down next to me and I oddly, in his presence, felt peace for the first time in eight years. He later became my husband, but first I said, whatever that dude ordered off the cosmic menu before I ordered him, I ordered what he was having, and that was heart. So I followed him up to HeartMath to volunteer on my spring break from medical school, and they gave me the job of transcribing their research. And that's when I discovered that all the symptoms I was having were stress-related. And... um, So I had a lot of incentive to apply the tools I was learning at HeartMath. Within about two weeks of practicing applied heart intelligence, my symptoms of post-traumatic stress went away. And the rest, as they say, is history. For the last 24 years, Robert and I have been uh, leading HeartMath's healthcare initiatives in leading healthcare organizations around the country from Harvard and Brigham Women's to Mayo Clinic and Kaiser, Stanford, and so on, integrating these skills for emotional self-regulation that turn out to also give us a lot of capacity for health and wellness and self-regulating all of our physiological systems. Do you have a favorite heart math book that you recommend, perhaps about you know, the physical benefits of accessing the heart's intelligence? You know, my favorite heart math book, and this gets to your topic of journaling, is Your Own Heart, the one that you would write. In fact, my book on my journey with heart math is called Being the Source of Love, Being the Source of Value, a downloadable book online, but a way of life, this is the tagline, that you author yourself. So 
when we listen to our own heart intelligence and write down what it tells us, then each of us becomes the author of not just a new way of living for ourselves, but a new world. Oh, I love that. I was thinking that's one of the biggest benefits of journaling is that when we're improving ourselves, we show up better in the world. We're better parents, better friends, better employees, better bosses. I think it's absolutely a game changer, just like meditation is. I totally agree. You know, uh, there used to be a, a concept that people who talked to themselves were crazy. But once I learned how to listen to my heart and hear what it was telling me and write down what it was saying, I realized that people who don't talk to themselves are crazy. Now you mentioned the phrase heart intelligence a couple of times, but what do you mean by that? What is heart intelligence? Because usually we associate intelligence with the mind. So what is heart intelligence? Well, there's a number of different ways to look at this. If we look at neurophysiologically, about 30 years ago, a physician named Dr. Drew Armour, who worked at Dalhousie University Medical School, discovered a brain in the heart itself with its own proteins, neurotransmitters, support cells, its own intrinsic nervous system. And this brain in the heart has a different quality of intelligence than the brain in the cerebrum. In the book, The Biology of Transcendence, Joseph Chilton Pierce writes about a research study that was done where if you took your brain cell, Rebecca and mine, and my husband, Robert, who sat down next to me and made me feel peaceful that day, and my cat's heart cell, Gingy, and put those, I mean brain cell, and put those in a Petri dish, do you know what they would do, those brain cells? No. They would send out dendrites trying to connect with each other, but they can't. Because my brain can only communicate with my brain. But, and, and by the way, eventually, those dendrites would get frustrated when they can't connect and implode on themselves and die. Oh. However, if you put your heart cell and my heart cell and my cat's heart cell and Robert's heart cell and Trump's heart cell and Putin's heart cell... And you stick all those in a Petri dish, what do you think they do? Well, I think I read about them. Like, do they start beating together or something like that? They start beating together as one heart in what's called a synctium. So another way to look at this is, can you do, well, maybe not you personally, but can we as humanity do heart transplants? Yes. We can. Can we do brain transplants? Mm, no. So the heart is interchangeable. We could say metaphorically, even perhaps there's only one heart, which means the intelligence of the heart gives us access to what the wholeness needs, which includes us as well as the needs of others. So when we learn to eavesdrop on the wisdom in the brain and the heart, it moves us beyond a little sense of self to a bigger sense of self in context with the whole. It moves us from me to we. And this is really where the, the planet is going. It's where the new generations are going. If you look at the current up and coming generations and the demographics being studied, they, their priorities are the environment, social justice, sustainable development, uh, what is best for the wholeness of our world. That is heart intelligence. 
And when we learn how to access that intelligence, then we become not only more effective world servers, but more fulfilled human beings in every dimension of our lives. That is so lovely. I really like the idea of the heart cells, the different heart cells, and then they start beating together. That's pretty incredible. There's another aspect to heart intelligence, which is that the heart has a unique power and influence over all the rest of the body's systems. So when we are stressed or upset or distraught, the heart rhythm becomes very chaotic and incoherent. This is a piece of research that was really the, the, the founding element of research that put heart math on the map in the scientific community. It was published in the American Journal of Cardiology in 1995. And if you want to think about it in a sort of layperson's terms, when we're upset, it's like we're moving through life looking through a shaking camera lens. And when we feel feelings like gratitude, compassion, care, appreciation, love, peace, these heart-based feelings create a uniquely ordered and coherent pattern in the heart's rhythm that focuses the lens of our perception of life. So we look through a more clear inner filter physiologically what's happening when the heart rhythm becomes ordered or, co or coherent is it's sending a signal up the vagus nerve which changes which part of our brain is perceiving our life and responding to it. When we're upset and distraught and stressed and the heart rhythm is chaotic, we enter survival mode. We're looking at life through the parts of the brain that either perceive you as a threat to me or me as a threat to you or us as an opportunity to procreate and sustain our species. Just basic survival, approach and avoid, right? I'm gonna eat you, you're gonna eat me or we'll procreate together. <laughs> You'd think there would be more choices in between there, but in basic survival mode, I guess that really is pretty much it. Yeah, and if you look at a lot of Hollywood movies, <laughs> they're pretty much you know, playing out the story of basic survival, either I'm attacking you, you're attacking me, or we're procreating. So, but that's pretty unidimensional life, right? It's not, it's pretty black and white. And what the heart intelligence does is it actually gives us access to mo more of our brain intelligence as well. It moves us from that black and white survival mode to the technicolor of multidimensional capacity. So, yeah, I don't know if you've heard the saying that Einstein used more of his brain than the rest of us. It turns out the access doorway to the more of our brain is through our heart. I've heard the heart referred to as a second brain. Yes. Well, we could perhaps call it a primary brain because when we access the heart brain, it gives us access to the more of our cerebral brain. It, it also gives us access to be able to hear what our gut brain is telling us and let the cerebral brain eavesdrop on our intuition and our instinct. So the heart is a synthesizing intelligence that brings together all the aspects of our intelligence and amplifies them. How can we use journaling? So, because journaling is a powerful mindfulness tool, creativity tool, productivity tool. How can we use journaling to 
access this heart intelligent intelligence and to receive that intelligence? So I feel that journaling is an essential component of helping our brain learn to eavesdrop on our heart intuition and its intelligence for multiple reasons. For one thing, as we learn to, it's sort of like we could imagine that each of us is a radio with multiple stations, right? So sometimes our emotions are playing heavy metal or slam dancing music. And sometimes they're playing smooth jazz or classical or a love song. Depending on the rhythm in the heart, we're accessing different frequency ranges of intelligence based on that emotional broadcast. Does that make sense? It does, because I know that when we become emotional and kind of chaotic, it's hard to think. And oftentimes we stop breathing. You know, when we become tense, we hold our breath. Right. And you mentioned that incoherence, that chaotic. I know that sometimes if I can just get myself to pause and take a deep breath, then I can, you know, my thinking becomes smoother. So when we do that pause, take a deep breath and ideally shift to what in heart math terms we call a heart feeling, a renewing regenerative feeling that smooths the heart rhythm pattern and opens up that access to the clear thinking centers of the frontal cortex of the brain. When we access that, it's like tuning our dial to our wisest radio station. Like right now, people are listening to this podcast, right? There are certain podcasts that are like bubblegum for your brain, but this is a podcast where people can access some real applied wisdom. When you tune your heart frequencies to the coherent pattern of renewing feeling, more of your own natural intelligence, common sense, and wisdom inside comes online. You get access to what I sometimes call the guide inside. I love that idea of the guide inside. Yes. Tell us more about that and how to access that, please. Well, what's important about the journaling component, Rebecca, is that then we might hear something that our own natural intuition is telling us. But that can be very mercurial and elusive, right? We, we might get an attitude replacement or feel more latitude or compassion towards someone who's hurt us or made a mistake. But then life kicks in, right? And we're handling all our stressors, answering emails, text messages, uh, changing the crying baby's diaper and handling the letter from the IRS. And suddenly our radio station goes back to the slam dancing music and we forget or no longer are tuned to the dial of our herd intelligence. But if we've written down what that guide inside has told us, we have a way back to it and anchoring to it. So is your, is your, like your first tip number one is to use journaling as a way to record heart intelligence that you have received before so that you can refer to it again and again? Absolutely. When you and I worked together, when you were my coach, you taught me a really powerful technique. And I don't remember what it was called. But the idea is that you take a deep breath, you um, uh, tell your heart what this troubling situation is, how you feel about it. You ask your heart 
a question and the answer comes to you in a flash. So you need to have your notebook or journal right there to write the flash answer down because sometimes it doesn't make sense right away, but it ends up being completely wise. Can you, can you teach our listeners that technique and some other techniques that they can use? Absolutely. So we, we talked about five ways that we could use journaling to anchor our heart's intelligence, right? So the, we just spoke about the whole idea of listening to what your heart intuition is telling you and writing it down so you don't lose it when life uh, calls you back to its front lines. When you're, when you're down in the well or down in the weeds. Yeah, exactly. And I would actually call that my second way. The first thing, and this is really important, is, and you just, you just said it, so I'm going to click on it and highlight it, is to use journaling to write down where you are right now, what you observe in relation, let's say, to a situation that perhaps is upsetting you or a trigger. You want to write down, and I find it really helpful to use journaling in that context in a stream of consciousness way, to just write down everything I'm thinking and feeling about that and what I observe happening in my body my emotions, my thought process, what's happening in the situation, how other people are treating me or responding to the situation and me in it. And if you use that stream of consciousness writing, it allows some objective space between you and the trigger or you and the triggering situation. And you can look at what's happening in your own vehicle, your own survival mode, and start to become familiar with the warning lights that you're shaking your camera lens and not looking at a situation clearly because of your inner incoherence. I think you've just, you've just added something really great about that stream of consciousness writing that I haven't heard anyone else say, Sheva, and that it's not only um, are you just talking about what you're feeling, but what's going on in your body? Yes. Because that can be very anchoring too. So I want to try that. I've never heard anyone suggest that before. But can you tell us what are some of the benefits about that? Let's say you're doing your morning pages. You're just kind of venting. You're getting everything out. But then you also talk about what's going on in your body. What is the benefit of that? Because if you really take to heart what we're saying that by definition, when you're upset about something and you're in survival mode. So for me, my warning lights are my jaw gets tense, my eyes narrow, my shoulders go up, my stomach gets tight. And I know, oh, I'm, I'm looking at life through the peephole of survival mode. I'm not using my 360 degree awareness to see the situation. Mm-hmm. And if I know that, then I'm not going to be, I'm not going to act from that place because I know I'm operating on limited information. Oh, that's so great. That, that was perfectly said right there. Because those body signals tell you that you've kind of closed down. You're not necessarily, you're not seeing the world through a still clear camera. You're probably seeing it through a shaky camera. So don't make any big decisions from that place. Precisely. Or any big communications with others, right? Oh, yeah. Oh, my gosh. That's so great. What's another way that we can use journaling? So that's the first step. Then the second step is to go ahead and get coherent, right? And the tool that, uh, the first tool, the kind of hub of, there's over 40 heart math tools that we teach uh, at Heart Mastery and in the Heart Ambassador program. But the first tool is quick coherence because it quickly gets our physiology in a coherent place. 
So we're going to just focus our attention on the area around the heart, the chest area. If you find it helpful, you can put your hand there and imagine the breath is flowing in and out of the heart or chest area. If you find it helpful, you can count to five as you breathe in and count to five as you breathe out. That starts bringing the nervous system out of survival mode. Breathing in through the heart for five and out through the heart for five. In this next step of quick coherence, as we continue that heart-focused breathing, the invitation is to activate a heart feeling. I always say to breathe gratitude for what we can be thankful for and compassion for what we can't. And this is where journaling can come into a second place of real help is sometimes it's useful to just stream of consciousness, start writing down anything and everything you can be grateful for. So even if it's just that my tongue doesn't hurt or my left baby toe doesn't hurt, if you have to stretch for something to be thankful for, that gratitude begins to create that smooth pattern in the heart rhythm that opens up our higher intelligence. Mm -hmm. So that's the second way to journal is to get yourself in a flow of gratitude and to breathe that gratefulness in through the heart and out through the heart. That gratitude and compassion begins to open up the aperture of our higher awareness and intelligence and perceptual centers of the brain and heart. So from this more objective place, you can now ask your own intuitive intelligence for any guidance it has for you to respond to this situation. It might not come to you as a walkie-talkie in your ear, like say this or do that. It might be just a subtle shift in how you feel or a change in posture toward it. But anything you quietly observe, you want to write down. This is now that what we talked about earlier, journaling your heart's guidance so that you anchor it and can come back to it later. So that's a third way to use journaling. What was, Sheva, what is the third way? The first way is kind of stream of consciousness writing and include what's going on in your body to help you be aware of whether you're open or closed. Yep. And then, uh, then you do the quick coherence technique where you do the heart-focused breathing. You breathe in gratitude. You breathe out compassion. Now, is that the one where you ask your heart the question and then you just stay open to receiving the answer? Well, the second way to use the journaling there is to just, in that step, write down as many things as you can think of that you're grateful for. Oh, yes. That helps make that shift into the beneficial physiological changes that gratitude brings, right? And the benefit of writing them down in rather than just one ear and out the other is that you've slowed down and you're actually uniting the hemispheres in your brain, apparently. That by thinking analytically about something that's emotional, you've now you're using both hemispheres of your brain and it's supposed to, you know, no wonder it's so powerful. Well, not to mention that you're giving yourself a tangible point of focus because it's really what we focus on that determines the response in our physiology. And so we're now trying to focus gratitude 
onto, or let's say focus our higher intelligence on a, a problem or a trigger. So giving ourselves a gratitude list to focus on helps us lift our physiology out of survival mode. Yes, it really does. And then as you shift into gratitude and get that more objective, neutral hearts perspective, that more rational, mature, 360 degree awareness view, tapping into, it's like getting the gratitude tunes your inner cell phone signal to the guide inside. Stress is like static to hearing our guide inside, right? And so as you start hearing that guidance, then you want to use journaling to ground the guidance. So if the static kicks in again, you've still got your guidance there to refer back to. That's great. The fourth way that I would use journaling is very often, and I'm curious, we could probably poll your listeners, and 90% of them would say that their stressor involved another person, right? So we can't always get other people to behave exactly the way that in our utopian world we think they should. But sometimes what I'll do is write what I call a transformational love letter so that I imagine I'm writing a letter to that other person's higher self in my journal and conveying to them the impact they're having on me and expressing from my heart what I wish they would do instead Mm. so that I have a safe place in my journal to connect with the other person, even if I don't feel safe conveying it to their face. Does that make sense? It does. It's, it's a safe space. That can clear the stress in me. And finally, so these are all ways that we use, you know, to clear the static between us and our heart. But the fifth way that I like to use journaling to access my heart intelligence is related to planning from the heart. So it doesn't just have to be an antidote to stress, right? It can be, like I mentioned to you before we started the recording of this session, that I'm planning a big birthday party right now. So mind mapping is a nonlinear way of journaling to uh, plan fun things or creative projects, right? But we add heart to that process in our journaling at Heart Ambassadors and Heart Mastery and Heart Math by simply doing this. We draw a circle in the middle of a piece of paper and create a mind map, which just means like spokes off of that circle. So for my party, I want to have music. So I'm going to hire a heart player and I want to, you know, have gifts. You and I were talking about gifts for the guests, right? So there are three or four gifts that might be off the spoke of the goodie bag for the guests and the activities that we're going to do and those kinds of things. And then those are all the things my mind is cooking up for this party. But we want to get the mind and heart working together. So the next thing I'll do is the same tool we just did, focusing my attention in the area around the heart. Imagining the breath is flowing in and out of the heart or chest area. Now I'm going to start to breathe the feelings I want to have at the party and the feelings I want my friends and family to have there. And I'm tuning to that radio station of the inner music I want people to experience there, how they want to feel while they're there. Because that radio station in me has intuitive intelligence that comes on the carrier waves of those frequencies. And I make a second map 
planning map with a heart in the middle, asking my heart after I breathe the joy and connection and laughter and fun and sacred playfulness and other feelings I want people to have there for its guidance about what elements to bring to the party. And so uh, that's probably the main way now that I have a lot less stress in my life, having set a new baseline of living from the heart many years ago, using the heart to create and plan in this way. That's another way that I like to use journaling. I love that. Heart-based planning. Shepard, do you use journaling as part of a morning routine? Uh, I used to. Uh, My life has become so full that uh, I don't always anchor it by writing it down. But what I do do is every morning at Heart Mastery and Heart Ambassadors, we have something called the Heart Start to Your Day. And see, we promised everybody five ways, but now we're going to give them a sixth bonus way. Nice. (laughs) On the Heart Start calls, we do something called energy accounting every morning in our journaling process. And the energy accounting looks at the assets and deficits in our energy from the day before. Oh yeah. I love that. Yeah. Where are we gaining energy in our life experience and our interactions, activities, and especially our inner attitudes to what's happening and where, so where are we gaining energy and where are we draining energy? And with that energy accounting, we do that same quick coherence technique that we talked about, appreciating all the energy gains, right? Like getting to talk with you today, Rebecca, is definitely going to be on my asset list in my journal tomorrow. And I'll, we'll breathe appreciation for that because that puts even more fuel in our tank. And when we write it down, it becomes something we can come back to if we get stressed or start draining energy later in the day. I can go, wait, 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 I have my gratitude list. Let me go to that, my energy gains. Mm-hmm. And then with the energy drains, if I see written down in my journal where I'm losing energy, I can ask my heart intelligence to guide me on how to respond to those situations in ways that are in more alignment with who I am, with my core values, so that I, they shift from being energy draining experiences in my life to opportunities for me to you know, in the namesake of my book, be the source of value in the world instead of triggered in stress. I really like that too, because it shifts you into active mode, not just reactive mode. Yes. Or, you know, one of my favorite things in journaling is getting to see how words are written out. And as I was journaling once, I realized the word creative and the word reactive are made with the same letters rearranged. So this asset deficit exercise that we do every morning on the daily heart start calls is absolutely a way to rearrange our internal physiology because it's not just the letters rearranged, it's actually hormones, neurotransmitters, heart rhythm patterns. It's the raw material of our physiology that's either reactive in survival mode or creative in helping to create a beautiful, you know, paint the world with our heart frequencies. So yes, this helps us shift from reactive to creative. I love that. Do you have any final words of advice for our listeners? Oh, I just wish I could connect with your listeners and hear, this is, you know, what I love about the work that I do and and helping people author their own lives with the wisdom and power of their hearts is hearing the stories they live from the heart and the magic that happens when you move from that reactive mode to that creative mode. 
So um, if anyone's interested in learning more about all these skills or the community that's applying these skills to create a world that works better for all, it's our delight to be able to offer complimentary consults so you can learn more about applied heart intelligence at www.heartambassadors.com. Well, that's great. Yes, heartambassadors.com. I love your techniques. And as I mentioned, you know, I used your coaching for a very long time. I found it to be very centering and helpful. And years later, I'm still, you know, using the techniques that you taught me. Hmm. Yeah, it was great. Thank you, Rebecca. Sheva, thank you so, yeah, thank you so very much for your time together. I know our listeners are going to love it. And we will turn this into a beautiful print newsletter also with your techniques and tips in there so that people can access it in writing as well as by listing. And I know that that can be very helpful. I definitely want to give HeartMath the credit for these techniques, right? This is, this is really, these are techniques that were created by HeartMath. So they're also techniques that people can learn to teach and coach others in. And we can help guide you if your heart is called there. I can't take credit for creating them. Oh, yeah. But I definitely apply them and love what happens in my life and the world when we do. Yeah. And we'll just all spread the word because it makes the world a better place when we all show up better. Well, and that's what it means to be a heart ambassador. It does. Oh, Sheva, thank you very much for your time. And listeners, thank you so much for being with us these past 30 minutes as once again we explore the power of journaling. Thank you for joining us. For more great information on how journaling can improve your life, visit journaling.com and pick up a free copy of our guided journal, 30 Days of Joy.